Good morning. I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio Two X FM ninety eight point three. Today, I'm speaking with Margaret from the Japanese Film Festival about what they're showing and how you can get involved. Well, I might just start off. Would you mind telling me your name and your position within the festival? Yes. So,、um, well, my name is Margaret Cortez, and I am a Program coordinator for the Japan Foundation Sydney, and one of the、um, pro- uh, bigger projects that we organise is the Japanese Film Festival, which is on its twenty-first year this year. Yeah, I saw that.、Um, could you give me a little bit of background on on the festival and sort of why you think it's been going for so long? Yeah,、um, well, the festival started in nineteen ninety-seven, and it was started by one man named、um, Masafumi Konomi, who is twenty-one、um, years on. He's still involved in the festival, and、um, he started in. The The Australian Office of the Japan Foundation, and he's now moved on to the headquarters in Tokyo to organise a larger circuit of、um, festivals around Southeast Asia.、Um, it started off with just three films in like a basement room, and、um, I think it's grown because of the demand for Japanese films. And of course, there are a lot of、um, not even they they're not necessarily film fans, or a lot of、um, Japanophiles、um, here in Australia as well. So I've been having a look at some of the films that are. That are showing in Canberra because that's where I live and that's kind of what's relevant to me.、Yep. But overall, I want to kind of know what are some of the festival highlights. Like, if you can only go see like one or two films because of work and other commitments, which films should you see? Yeah,、um, I would、uh, highly recommend the opening film, which is Mumon: The Land of Stealth. It's it's pretty much the whole package. You've got action, you've got comedy, you've got drama, and it's also in a period setting. It's a、uh, a ninja versus samurai story.、Um, very, it's just such a crowd pleaser, and there's also a really good story as well as great performances done by the cast members. Another、um, film that I also would、um, highly recommend is an animated film、um, called In This Corner of the World. It's、um, a beautiful hand-drawn animation、um, set during the Second World War and the aftermath of it. It sounds a bit depressing at first, but it's actually、um, quite a hope-filled、um, film, and it's still quite relevant now. I think the themes are quite relevant to present-day situation. One of the things that I was kind of curious about as well is how do you decide which films to show? Because、um, presumably there's a lot of great Japanese films out there. Like I've I've watched some myself separate to this. So how do you decide? This one for for visitors festival and this one will will hold off. Yeah,、um, for the、um, so the Japanese film festival, the main program which we run only screens recent films. So none of the films in the program are more than eighteen months old, and well, that's the、uh, first、um, criteria. And、um, after that, it's really a matter of、um, watching all the films and、um, balancing it. So. We like to throw in a mix of、um, uh, titles that we know are going to be popular with an Australian audience.、Um, some films that are typically Japanese, and also a few wildcard picks、um, of films that we want to introduce to the Australian audience.、Um, one of、uh, one example is a title that's also screening in Canberra called "Birds Without."
that name, which actually just premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival last year. So it's it's a great art house film, um, and it displays really mature filmmaking. Yeah, I was having a look at that one. It's it seems to be first off, I read the description. It's about a woman who's in a relationship with a man fifteen years her senior and takes advantage of that fact, takes advantage of his um, money, and doesn't really uh, provide any any like love or affection in return. But then it kind of turns into a bit of a like a crime, not crime, but like a bit of a psychological yeah. um, situation. Yeah, no, that's um, that's that's pretty much uh, sums up um, the whole film. And after that, the film just like peels off layer after layer, um, and and really goes deeper into each of the characters' backstories, and as as well as um, I guess as well as kind of show a different side of Japan that not a lot of people overseas are really aware about. So it's not just the, um, the beautiful side of Japan. Um, it's actually shot in a lot of um, downtown areas. So, you know, like the type of like really grungy, dirty streets that you normally don't see if you're just traveling to Japan. Yeah, I see you've got um, uh, like quite a good quite a good mix of different films. You've got sort of more the anime and then you've got some comedy and you've got some crime. Um, what I wanted to know as well is um, why have you decided for, for different films for different cities? Yep, so um, we do have, it's kind of staggered. Um, we're in um, this, this three, the six cities are categorized into three different groups. Um, mainly, the main difference is the size of the audience. So Canberra and Adelaide both get the core films, which travels to all cities. And then um, we get to Brisbane and Perth, which has a slightly larger um, attendance. So we showcase more films in those cities. And finally, um, Sydney and Melbourne get the full program because um, that's where we get the most um, audience. Is there anything that's likely, because this is purely from a selfish point of view, I'd, I'd like to eventually see the full catalogue of films. Is that likely to ever happen in Canberra or fair while off? Yeah, um, I really would love to be able to um, um, tour all the films nationally and um, have it screen in all cities because I think they're all equally good and there's definitely uh, there's definitely a group of people who would be interested in each film. Although at the moment, uh, Canberra will only be getting the 11 films. In the future, we'll see. Maybe we can increase the um, film program in Canberra. But um, we Paul would be encouraged to take a day trip to Sydney during the Sydney leg, which is in um, later in November. And I see you're also going to some regional cities as well, like um, like Darwin. So are those still also seeing the core films, or are they seeing like a like a more carefully curated? Yes. Uh, so for the regional um, program, which we affectionately call the JFF Mini Program, um, they get an offering of three films, and um, they're all for free. So it's it's part of our um, outreach in helping um, provide more screen diversity in um, regional areas, as well as to be able to introduce Japanese cinema. That sounds really cool. I think it's a good idea as well to kind of give a few more options in terms of films, because a lot of the time, foreign films, even no matter how good they are, don't really get a lot of traction in in large cities, let alone in in more regional places. Yeah, that's true. And um, having the film screen for free is also our way of um, connecting with the community as well as being able to um, offer something to the community. Going back to some of the films that are that are being showed, I have a bit of a, a tricky question for you. Yep. What would you say defines Japanese film? I think that I think for 
people who have seen a Japanese film, there's just an unmistakably Japanese quality to it. It, it could be visual, um, it could be thematic, but it's, I think I'm also still in the process of discovering that. Um, hopefully a few more years um, down the line I'd be able to um, encapsulate um, Japanese films in words, hopefully uh, in less than 100 words. <laughs> Yeah, I um, just judging from the schedule that I was having a look at, it tends to be even in some of the um, the more serious films and the more dramatic films, there still seems to be a sense of of whimsy. Yeah, true. There there is. Um, I think it's a particular style that uh, really popular in in Japan. Um, either either uh, either it's a uh, dramatic with a hint of um, you know it's dramatic but still a bit whimsical. Um, either that, but on the flip side. Um, they also do a lot of melodrama, so it might be too dramatic um, for some people who are not exposed to to Japanese cinema in general. Um, and on kind of like a side note, is there any um, kind of Japanese film or Japanese media that could be um, ad- uh, adapted into film that you'd like to see? Ah, oh, a um, like a Japanese media novel. An, an originally Japanese novel adapted into yeah, like a, a like a Murakami film. novel or something. Right, yeah. Now there is a um, there is an upcoming Murakami novel, but that's going to be. I mean, they're going to adapt Norwegian again, but that's a Korean director. Uh, but for the Japanese one at the moment, are actually a lot of adaptations. I would say that more than fifty percent of our program is um, a novel adaptation or a comic book adaptation. But I would really love for a for there to be kind of like a non-Japanese novel adapted into a Japanese film. I think that would make for some very interesting um, cross-cultural comparison as well as... Um, you often get Japanese horror films uh, adapted into, into American versions like The Ring and The Grudge. And yeah. it doesn't always carry across with the same kind of themes and the same kind of... I also want to ask, is there any Japanese film that you haven't been able to get into the into the program that you would love for, to share with more people in Australia? Yeah, there is some... Uh, we do... There are about 40, 40 films in the program um, this year, including short films, um, although we have seen more than 40 films. We've seen probably about um, 70 or 80 films. And there is one um, documentary called... The Matsumoto Tribe. I think it would be really interesting to introduce it to an Australian audience, mainly because Japanese cinema isn't really known for mockumentaries. It's something that we see more often in um, in in um, British cinema and English cinema and even you know American cinema. Um, but unfortunately, it did not make the cut because it was a bit too too rough and um, too violent. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to ask as well. I see um, you have a number of partners that help uh, bring these films to to the big screen and travel all around Australia. How does that relationship work? Like, what are your your um, your strongest partners in this endeavour? Yeah, um, we've definitely um, Japan Airlines is definitely one of our longtime partners, as well as Books Kino Kunia and um, Choya, and these. And also our cultural partners, such as the Art Gallery of New South Wales and um, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image um, in Melbourne, and it's it's great because for the Japanese, a lot of the Japanese companies, and it becomes a celebration of Japanese culture in general, and it's almost like a community effort, um, just having um, all these wonderful Japanese organisations come together to help us 
to spread the word um, about Japanese cinema and help us celebrate Japanese film. And of course, uh, without our Australian partners, um, particularly our venue partners and cultural partners, we wouldn't have a place to screen these films. So we're very thankful for the support and their interest in, um, in Japanese content. Oh, you can't, um, no one is an island. You can't, you know, build your in a day by yourself. You need, you need help. Uh, pardon? Um, um, well, obviously with an endeavour of this size, you'd need help. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, because uh, without, say, without cinemas who are interested in um, showcasing Japanese content, we wouldn't have a venue to screen the films. So we're very thankful that a lot of Australian cinemas, um, a lot of Australian exhibitors are interested in foreign film, um, which is also how we were able to get access to things such as the Lebanese Film Festival or the Palestinian Film Festival and, of course, the French Film Festival, which is one of the um, bigger ones. And um, how did you get involved with um, with the festival, if I may ask? Uh, yes, yeah, so, um, I started working with the Japan Foundation Sydney in 2015. And um, apart from the film festival, we have other projects as well. Uh, we also organise exhibitions, um, touring programmes, um, performance art um, and um, music and also ideas exchange all over Australia, um, although the Japanese Film Festival remains um, as one of our biggest events um, that tours nationally. And, um, just before you mentioned the uh, the French Film Festival and the Palestinian Film Festival, so are you involved with those as well? No, um, so I'm only involved with the Japanese Film Festival, so that's um, one of um, our projects. Um, so the French Film Festival is run by Alliance uh, Frances, which is, um, which is, they're also based in Sydney, and um, the Palestinian Film Festival would, would have, would be run by, you know, um, somebody else. Um, there used to be the German Film Festival run by Guter Institute, although I think, um, they won't be touring anymore starting this year. And um, there's also the Korean Film Festival, which is run by the Korean Cultural Center. And, um, speaking of festivals in general, there was recently the um, Hao Miyazaki celebration where yep. they saw, showed a number of his films. Yep. Um, how influential do you think that kind of cinema has been on making Japanese film in Australia popular in general? Yeah, um, I, I think... Um, the Ghibli films, uh, which you know, Ghibli films, which is the Hayao Miyazaki studio, is one of um, the most popular, if not the most popular, type of um, Japanese cinema in Australia. And it's great because it's something that a lot of people have been exposed to as children, and it's um, they're also timeless. Um, they're very classic, so people are able to pass them on to the next generation and to their own kids. And I think. Um, it's probably what made it possible. Um, it's it's kind of like the starting point for a lot of fans of Japanese cinema. So I find that a lot of people who come to our festival started watching Ghibli films, and then from there they discover other animated movies, and then from there they discover um, kind of like live action or other types of Japanese films, and some of them even... Uh, start watching the classic films. So you've got um, influential directors such as Akira Kurosawa, um, Ken, Kenji Mizoguchi, and um, Yasuhiro Ozu. Do you have a favorite out of those three? Like one that you you go out and recommend that you need to watch this film? Uh, my my favorite would probably 
they I'm actually a big fan of um, Seijin Suzuki and we're holding a retrospective of his films this year which is also traveling to Canberra so um, we're bringing the JFF Classics program which is also free and all the films are screened in 35mm we're bringing it to Canberra for the first time this year and we'll be screening three films at the National Film and Sound Archives Arc Cinema on um, the 6th and 7th of October this month Oh, right, so that's really soon. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's really soon. Um, I hope um, the people in Canberra like it, and um, if they do, then we'll be back next year with more free classic films. Well, unfortunately, the show is not going to go to air until um, at least next Thursday, so I can't, yeah. can't really spook that. Um, yeah, oh, that's fine. Um, I hope you um, have some time to check out the, the classics. Festival. Yeah, well, there was a film I wanted to go see uh, the other day that I actually missed, which was about was about samurai and flowers, I think. I um, exactly. I think uh, is it flower and sword by yes, any chance? I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, that actually is such a beautiful film. Um, that's part of the main program, so it is a recent film, um, but it's about the main characters, um, Senko Ikenobo, who is the founding father of the Ikenobo School of um, Ikebana Flower Arrangement, and it has Rikyu, which is a very well-known tea master, and a lot of other um, popular figures um, from Japanese history, and the set design is just amazing, and it's, it's such a beautiful film. Really um, historically accurate as well. Yeah, it is. Um, it is historically accurate, um, but there are some sort of historical. They do take liberties in. I can't really give away much, but anyway, it's 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 in the history books. Anyway, they do take some liberties and kind of um, put in their own theory on why Rikyu um, was asked to commit ritual suicide. So um, around that, there is they they play around in that area. It sounds really um sounds really intense as a film. Yeah, it's um it's a I, I guess Japanese history um in general is a bit intense, <laughs> but um the great thing about it is that it was it's all done tastefully and it there are no graphic deaths whatsoever and it stays true to the subject which is um a lot of like high art um so um flower arrangements um tea ceremonies and and a lot of um, beautiful costumes as well, um, kimonos, which actually look like the real thing, so they don't look like, um, you know, just some random costumes that somebody threw together. So in in that regard, I think um, uh, art direction-wise, it was well-researched and well-executed. And now it's time for a little bit of music, and today's song is one from one of my favourite Japanese films. It is from Howl's Moving Castle, and it's the main theme, uh, otherwise known as the promise of the world merry-go-round of life. Ooh. 
that was the promise of the world merry-go-round of life. On a completely different note, I saw on the website that you have the op uh, opportunity or the ability to volunteer with the festival. So, uh, how does that work? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if volunteering is still open, but um, earlier during the year, we do a call-out um, for local volunteers to help us um, market, um, do grassroots marketing and spread the word about the festival, um, as well as help us with the actual running of the festival. So, um, so you, people get the option to either help during the pre-festival period, which is um, handing out, um, delivering booklets and flyers to shops around Canberra, around the city, and um, we also have the festival volunteering um, where you um, get to help us um, man the booth in the cinema um, as well as help during the opening night and um, other events. I've just got two more questions. Yep. One of them is, where would you like to see the future of the festival? The future of the festival? So, I so yes. in five years? In five years. In five years, I would definitely um, love for, um, of course, for there to be continued interest uh, in Japanese cinema so we can keep on uh, the more... People, uh, the more people there are who come to see the festival, the more films we're able to um, bring every year. Um, but I would also definitely love to see a more industry exchange component attached to the festival. So we'd like to reach out to Australian filmmakers and be able to connect them with Japanese filmmakers as well. And before I, I finish off this interview, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the festival or Japanese film or anything else to do with anything we've talked about? Yeah, um, I, I highly recommend um, you know um, all the listeners to please do check out the program as we have something for everybody. And um, if you have a particular interest in Japan or even just like an interest in foreign cinema in general, I think the films that we curated this year are a really good way of being able to step out of your um, out of your everyday reality and get to. Um, live in somebody else's shoes or be able to experience Japan from a different time, um, such as from the Meiji period or even a bit of a near future, uh, futuristic um, Japan. Or We also have films for that, so please definitely do check out um, our program, which is on JapaneseFilmFestival.net. So there's something for everyone, basically. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for all the questions, Caroline. Well, I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that concludes our discussion with Margaret. Join us each weekday, 8.30 to 9 a.m. on 2XXFM 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen. Or catch up on all of our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subject ACT. Or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Community radio needs you, so please support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Stay tuned for more people-powered radio. My name's Carolina, and have a great day!